Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Jai Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Gopi Janabalaba Girivada Dari Jai Gopi Janabalaba Girivada Dari Jashodanandana Brajajana Ranjana Jashodanandana Brajajana Ranjana Jashodanandana Brajajana Ranjana Yamuna Tiravanachari Yamuna Tiravanachari Jai Radha Madhava Kunjabihari Jai Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Jai Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Zayam Vishnupad Paramahamsa Priyavajakacharya Astutada Satashi Srimadis Divine Grace E.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada Ki Zayam Vishnupad Paramahamsa Priyavajakacharya Astutada Satashi Srimadis Divine Grace Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Gosami Maharaj Srila Prabhupada Ki Ananta Kodi Vaisnabrinda Ki Namacharya Srila Haridas Thakur Ki Vichay Tanya Charitamrita Ki, Gaur Primanandi. The Holy Appearance Day of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Ki. So, today we'll be speaking from the uh, Adi Lila uh, Chapter 2, uh, Text Number 9. And so I'll probably just um, read the Read the Sanskrit and verse, and maybe not repeat since we're running so late. It's already uh, 8:30. So, is that okay with everyone? We just do that. Okay. So, <clears throat> Jaya Jaya Sri Chaitanya Jaya Nityananda. 
Jaya Dvaita Chandra Jaya Gora Bhakta Brinda Jaya Jaya Sri Chaitanya Jaya Nityananda Jaya Dvaita Chandra Jaya Gora Bhakta Brinda Jaya Jaya Sri Chaitanya Jaya Nityananda Jaya Dvaita Chandra Jaya Gora Bhakta Brinda Jaya Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Ki Jaya So, text number nine, um, we can do it and you can repeat, uh, and then I'll just, uh, I won't read word for word, we'll just go right to the purport, so. Nanda Sutta Bale Yanri Bhagavate Gai Se Krishna Avatirna Chaitanya Goshana Nanda Sutta Bale Yanri Bhagavate Gai Se Krishna Avatirna Chaitanya Goshan Nanda Sutta Bale Yanri Bhagavate Gai Se Krishna Avatirna Chaitanya Goshan So, translation, he whom Srimad Bhagavatam describes as the son of Nanda Maharaj has descended to earth as Lord Chaitanya. So, according to the rules of rhetoric, this is a purport, according to the rules of rhetorical arrangement for efficient composition in literature, a subject should be mentioned before its predicate. Well, it's pretty heavy, first first line. The Vedic literature frequently mentions Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan, and therefore these three terms are widely known as the subjects of transcendental understanding. But it is not widely known that what is approached as the impersonal Brahman is the effulgence of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's transcendental body. Nor is it widely known that the supersold as Paramatma is only a partial representation of Lord Chaitanya, who is identical with Bhagavan himself. Therefore, the descriptions of Brahman as the effulgence of Lord Chaitanya, Paramatma, as his personal representative, and the Supreme Personality of Godhead Krishna as identical with Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu must be verified by evidence from authoritative Vedic literatures. The author wants to establish first that the essence of the Vedas is Vishnu Tattva, the absolute truth, Vishnu, the all-pervading Godhead. The Vishnu Tatma has different categories, of which the highest is Lord Krishna, the ultimate Vishnu Tatma, as confirmed in Bhagavad Gita and throughout the Vedic literature. In the Srimad Bhagavatam, the same Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna, is described as Nanda Sutta, the son of King Nanda. Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami says that Nanda Sutta has again appeared as Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu because the conclusion of the Vedic literature is that there is no difference between Lord Krishna and Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. 
This is the, this the author will prove. If it is thus proved that Sri Krishna is the origin of all tatmas, truths, namely Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan, and that there is no difference between Sri Krishna and Lord Chaitanya, Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, it will not be difficult to understand that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is also the same origin of all tattvas, the same absolute truth as he is revealed to students of different realizations is called Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan. Omagana Timiranda Shajananjana Shalakaya Chakshu and Militam Jaina Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Shri Chaitanya Mano Bisnam Stapitam Jaina Bhutale Swayam Rupakadamayam Dadati Swapanantikam Vanchakapa Trubias Chakri Pasindu Vyavacha Patitanam Pabnebio Vaishnavavio Namo Namaha So this verse Jaya Jaya Shri Chaitanya Jaya Nityananda well, you know, a few weeks ago we celebrated the appearance of uh, the parents' day of uh, Sri Advaita Acharya, and we know that Sri Advaita Acharya he descended as Mahavishnu, uh, and and one of the reasons for Lord Chaitanya's appearance is due to the prayers of Sri Advaita Acharya. We know that he offered prayers and he also also offered tulsi leaves uh, to bring the Lord down. Um, and then we celebrated the appearance of Lord Nityananda. And just like Lord Balaram appears as Krishna's brother to assist him in his pastimes, uh, uh, this same Balaram appears as Lord Nityananda to, to, to assist Lord Chaitanya. And just as Lord Balaram is described as Krishna's second body, Lord Nityananda is also the second body of Lord Chaitanya. And Lord Chaitanya, he states that in order to receive his mercy, in order to get his mercy, one has to first approach Lord Nityananda because we know that Lord Nityananda is called what? He's called the original guru. So today we're celebrating the Holy Appearance Day of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Uh, it's called Gorpranim. Happy Gorpranim to everyone. Uh, and many people know about Krishna's appearance, uh, Janmashtami, uh, and but not so many people, I mean, it is more and more today, but not so many people know about Lord Chaitanya and his pastimes. Uh, and it said that this is mainly for two reasons, because there's really hasn't been so much literature that's been written about Lord Chaitanya. And also uh, because he's known as the hidden incarnation, uh, because Lord Chaitanya never actually said that he's, he's God himself. Uh, he's come as, as a, uh, uh, like a disciple. Uh, so he's known as the hidden incarnation. So today, uh, and then again this evening, we're, uh, we're going to be speaking about Lord Chaitanya and his pastimes. So we know that Krishna, he appears, he says he appears uh, to what? To protect the devotees, uh, to annihilate the demons, and to reestablish religious principles. Uh, and he said he appears whenever there's a rise in irreligion and a decline um, in religion. And we know that Krishna, he appeared over 5,000 years ago, along with his brother, Lord Balaram. Uh, now, these two same brothers have descended again uh, as Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda. And they're compared to the sun and the moon, because the purpose, what is the purpose of the sun and the moon? It's to dissipate darkness. And Srila Prabhupada says, this whole world today is in darkness, and They've appeared to dissipate this darkness of ignorance that's come over the world. 
And we know that Krishna, it says he appears every 1,000 Divya Yugas. And uh, a Divya Yuga is the cycle of all four Yugas. So every 1,000 of those Divya Yugas, Krishna appears. And so we think that Lord Chaitanya appeared only 500 years ago. So that's really not that, compared to time, it's really not that long ago. Uh, so it says that uh, we really can't estimate the good fortune of being born in uh, in this golden age of Lord Chaitanya. And Srila Prabhupada even says that the demigods, uh, they're lining up to be born in Kali Yuga because they realize how important it is to get this mercy. It's a very special mercy of Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda. It's the mercy that even the most fallen people can actually uh, chant the holy names of the Lord. So we know that when Krishna came, he revealed to us Krishna Prima uh, uh, through the residents of Vrindavan. Uh, we know that the, the residents of Vrindavan, their love for Krishna was, it was completely spontaneous and completely unmotivated. Um, they loved Krishna with all their heart and soul. Uh, so when Krishna, and they expected nothing in return. Uh, so when Krishna, when he saw this pure love of the Rajavasis, and especially the love of the gopis, and especially of all the gopis, the love of Srimati Radharani, he could see that their only desire was actually to please him. They, they wanted nothing in return. They just wanted to, re, to please Krishna. But he also saw that even though Radha and the gopis' love was, was unmotivated, still they were enjoying, it says, thousands and thousands of times more bliss and happiness than Krishna himself. So... Krishna, when he saw this, he wanted to understand these these sweet qualities and experience this unlimited happiness that uh, Srimati Radharani and the gopis were feeling. And he knew that the only way to do that, the only way to understand that and the only way to experience that was that he would actually have to take her position. Um, so 500 years ago, Krishna came in the mood of Srimati Radharani, in the mood of a devotee. And not just any devotee, he came, like we said, in the mood of Srimati Radharani. So Krishna, he's actually himself in the mood of Srimati Radharani, and he's known as the hidden incarnation. But his coming, we know that throughout the scriptures, that actually uh, it, a lot of them foretell uh, Krishna's coming. And there's one pastime where Srimati Radharani was, um, uh, she was with Krishna and she was sleeping and she had this dream and she had this dream about this golden avatar, this golden personality who was dancing. And so she, when she woke up, she told Krishna, she said, Krishna, I just had this amazing dream. She said, I dreamed about this beautiful personality who was golden in form and he had so many devotees dancing that it looked like they were uh, by the Yamuna, it looked like they were you know, by the Vrindavan forest. And he was, when he would call out uh, Srimati Radharani, or he would call out, Krishna, Krishna, where are you? And she said, I thought, well, that must be me. And so, um, uh, so then she, he called out, um, uh, Krishna, Krishna. And so she said, well, I thought that, well, maybe that was you. So she was confused who this great personality was. Uh, so she she asked Krishna, who, who is this personality? So Krishna, he took his kastuba jewel and he just kind of held it up. And when she looked in the kastuba jewel, she could see this very pastime that she had just dreamed. This whole pastime was just going on. So she could understand at that time, actually, 
it's both of us. You came as both of us. So this was Shimajirati's dream. It had kind of foretold the, uh, the appearance of Lord Chaitanya. And so we know that when Krishna and Balaram came, uh, it says, as we mentioned, they came to protect the devotees and kill the demons and reestablish the religious principles. So Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda, they also came for that same purpose. But the difference was they didn't come to actually kill the demons. They came to actually kill the demoniac mentality that people have. Therefore, we know that Krishna is known as the most merciful incarnation because he... Came uh, and he gave even the most fallen souls, uh, even the most fallen sinners. He gave them uh, the chance to to actually. He, he inaugura- inaugurated this Yuga Dharma for this age, uh, which is Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So the chanting of the holy names of Krishna, uh, Lord Chaitanya gave this freely to everyone. So in the year of 1486, uh, Lord Chaitanya, he appeared in the home of Jagannath Mishra and Mother Sachi Devi. And at the time of his appearance, there was like millions of people were actually chanting because there was this actual uh, lunar eclipse. And normally in, in Navadweep at that time, Navadweep was like the center of learning. It said that there was more students than you could count there in Navadweep and more, and more teachers also. And Every, it was the center of education, of knowledge. But the problem was is that the knowledge that the people were giving out uh, was knowledge of how to actually um, become more wealthy, how to, how to you know, worship the demigods and how to, how to, how to gain fame and wealth. Uh, no one was actually chanting Krishna's name uh, except for a very few, uh, few devotees. And so... No one was really actually practicing devotional service, but because they had this, because of this lunar eclipse, people when they went into the Ganga, uh, that, that's the only time they would actually chant Krishna's name is when they went in to bathe in the Ganga. So at the time of the eclipse, everybody was chanting Hari Hari and uh, chanting Krishna's name. So at this time is when Krishna actually appeared, and it says that when Krishna appeared, many of the demigods they came down to see him. Uh, and nobody could really tell that they were demigods because sometimes they couldn't really even see them. Or uh, people, there were so many people that came to Lord Jagannath, I mean to uh, Jagannath Mishra's house that uh, they would kind of like blend in with the, with the people. So so many demigods came down to see this the, the birth of uh, Lord, Lord Chaitanya, and so. Um, the father of Sachi Devi was Nilambara Chakravarti, and so he was the father of Mother Sachi, and so he came and he was going to uh, do the whole ceremony for the birth, and he also came to give the name for uh, Lord Chaitanya, to give him uh, his first name. So he actually called him Vishvambara, and Vishvambara means protector and maintainer of the universe, because when Lord Chaitanya appeared, uh, there was a lot of famine, a lot of, uh, uh, you know, not so nice uh, things going on. And so as soon as uh, Lord Chaitanya appeared, rains came, everything became prosperous. Uh, so he, he was named maintainer of the universe. And then the ladies, they wanted to name him, call him Nimai. So most of the ladies, they, they like to call him Nimai. So 
when Lord Chaitanya, when he was like only four months old, um, he, Lord Chaitanya was a rascal just like Krishna. Uh, he did so many uh, uh, rascal-like things uh, just like Krishna did. So when he was only four months old, uh, when Mother Sachi and Jagannath Mishra would be out of the room, he would get up and he would take the uh, pots and uh, he'd pour the ghee out on the floor. He would pour the milk out and then scatter rice on the floor. And as soon as he heard them coming back in, he would jump right back in bed and act like he's just asleep, you know. So when they would come in and they would see this, they would think, who did this, you know? It must have been some demon that tried to come in and, and you know, and he did this and uh, because we've said prayers for Lord, to protect Lord Chaitanya, uh, uh, he, you know, he, the demon must have gotten uh, upset that he couldn't do anything to Lord Chaitanya, so he destroyed all these pots and everything. So this is just one of the pastimes in the very, very early uh, uh, age of, of Lord Chaitanya. So we all know the story that when he uh, started to actually crawl, he, he would crawl out into uh, outside the house. Uh, and once this big snake came through the courtyard, and so when uh, Lord Chaitanya, when Nimai saw the snake, he uh, the snake actually coiled up and... Uh, uh, Nimai got on top of it and sat on the snake. And we know that actually the snake was actually uh, Lord Balaram's and not, not to Sesh. And when the parents saw that, they, they didn't know what to do. They were all like screaming. So they ran and they grabbed Nimai and uh, the snake started to go off and Nimai tried to grab him. He would pull the snake back and uh, this pastime went on until they could pull Nimai away from the snake. Um, so and a lot of times, uh, Lord Chaitanya, or Lord Nima, he would uh, start to cry. And the only th- way they could get him to stop crying was how? How kids? Who could answer? Okay. How did they? How did they? Yeah. What did they chant? They chant, Hari Krishna, Hari, Hari. So when they would do that, Krishna would stop crying. So this, in this way, Lord Chaitanya would entice the people to continue to chant his holy names. Um, and he would also sometimes he would he would dance, um, and the ladies would they would love to watch Lord Chaitanya dance because he was such a such a beautiful child, and he would sometimes also go out into the village and he would uh, he would ask for uh, if someone had bananas or if they had some sweet or something. They would always give sweets to uh, to little Nimai. Uh, nobody nobody could turn him down. He was just so beautiful, and. He would bring these things back to the ladies, and if they chanted Hare Krishna, he would give them a sweet, or he would give them a, a banana or something. So in this way, again, he would uh, always entice everyone to, uh, to to chant his chant the name of Krishna. And so it says that little Nimai, when he actually started walking here, like I said, he was uh, he was kind of a rascal like Krishna was. He did many of the same type of pastimes Krishna did when he was here. Um, he said that he said he would go into the neighbors' houses and he would steal the milk. He would take the milk, drink the milk, or he would steal the yogurt, uh, butter, or he would if and if they didn't have any, he would take the pots and he would break them on the floor, and. Uh, uh, Sometimes he would even urinate on the floor. Uh, and so then when they would catch Krishna, I mean catch Nimai, he would say, uh, 
oh, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. I'll, I'll never, ever do this again. Please, please. And they, they couldn't turn, you know, they, they, he was just so sweet. They couldn't say no to him. So they couldn't chastise him. So they let him go. And then the next day he'd be out doing the same thing again. <laughs> so he'd always get away with it, though, because uh, he would just beg them for forgiveness. So one time Nehemiah was in the, in the village. He would walk around uh, to all the marketplaces and everything. And uh, these two thieves saw him, and they saw he had golden bangles on. And they thought, wow, we can, we can take this child in because uh, they didn't see anyone that was with uh, little Nehemiah. So they came up to him, and they said, uh, uh, you know, introduced themselves and said, we're going to take you home. And uh, little Nehemiah said, yeah, yeah, let's go home. So they put Nehemiah on their shoulder, and they were taking him home. But by his Yogamaya, you know, impotency, instead of taking him home, they were actually taking him right back to Jagannath Mishra's house. But they didn't realize this. So they were taking little Nehemiah on his shoulders, and he was saying, yes, let's go home. So finally, when they arrived, they arrived right in front of Jagannath Mishra's house, and, and everybody was looking for little Nehemiah because they had... Had nobody uh, knew where he was, and they were all running around uh, panicking, looking for him. And then finally, the thieves, when they came, they actually came, to, you know, to their consciousness. They they thought, "Wow, we, you know, what did we do? We brought him back to Jagannath Mishra's house." So, so they ran away, and then Krishna ran over to his father, and uh, so they were looking for these these who who brought the uh, you know little Nimai back, and so someone said, "I saw two men bring him back, but they ran away." and uh, they were thinking, well, why didn't these men stay? And, and you know, we, we could have given them uh, some type of reward or something. But actually, uh, Prabhupada says their reward was that they actually got to carry the Lord himself, Lord, you know, Chaitanya, on their shoulders. So they got such such great benefit from this, these thieves did later on in their lives, uh, just by touching Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So... Once there was this Brahmin that uh, he came to, uh, this Brahmin would just travel around, and he had a, like a Gopal uh, deity uh, uh, and a uh, Shalagram Shila he carried around his neck. And this Brahmin would just go around just chanting Hare Krishna and just traveling all over the country. So he came to uh, Jagannath Mishra's house, and Jagannath Mishra could see that he was a very advanced devotee. So he washed his feet, and he... He uh, actually offered, uh, you know, prayers to the to the Brahmin, and uh, and so he asked this Brahmin. He said, um, you know, I would be very pleased if you would please cook cook a meal, and uh, um, and we'll arrange the kitchen for you, and uh, please cook a meal for yourself. And the Brahmin said, Well, I just use the you know nuts and fruits and you know roots and stuff like that because I travel so much. And but he agreed. He went and he cooked a meal, and so he he. He took the plate uh, and was sitting it down, and he was sitting there, and he was getting ready to offer it. And when he started offering, he opened his eyes, and there was little Nimai, completely naked, no clothes, had dust, dirt all over him, and he was just grabbing the rice off the plate and eating it. And the Brahmin just screamed out, wow, this boy has, has destroyed my offering. So when Jagannath Mishra came in, he saw that Nima was standing there, and he was eating right off the plate uh, that was being offered. So he took a like a stick, and he was going to uh, he was going to whip Nimai. And so the Brahmin said, "No, no, he's just a child. Don't you understand? He doesn't really know the difference between right and wrong. So you can't you can't chastise him. Don't worry. I'll just eat some fruit." 
So Jagannath Mishra, he was feeling terrible. He thought, you know, I have to satisfy this Brahmin. So he begged him and begged him to please cook again. So finally, after much, you know, begging, he, uh, the Brahmin agreed he'd cook again. So they went and cleaned the kitchen up. Brahmin cooked another meal. Uh, and so they said, this time, take Nimai away. Take him so he's not around. So the ladies took him to a different place. And so Nimai was entertaining the ladies. He was dancing and everything. Then the ladies got to talking, and Nimai kind of slipped away. So the Brahmin, he takes the plate. He's getting ready to do the offering again. And as soon as he opens his eyes, there's little Nimai again eating right off the plate. So the Brahmin again screams out, you know, this boy's destroyed my, has ruined my offering. So this time Jagannath Mishra is really mad. So he starts chasing little Nimai around the house, trying to catch him around the courtyard. And so the people, they, uh, hit, uh, Jagannath Mishra's family says, no, no, you can't, you can't, uh, uh, you know, spank him. He's just a little, little boy. And then the Brahmin comes up and again convinces Jagannath Mishra not to punish Nimai. So, he begs him to uh, uh, please cook one more time, but the Brahmin says, no, I've already cooked twice, uh, so I'm not going to, you know, I'll just eat some fruit. So then who comes in but Vishwambar? Vishwambar is, uh, is uh, Nimai's brother, older brother. And um, he's, it says that he's actually an expansion of Lord Nityananda. He was so beautiful, just, and all he did was travel and, and preach uh, and talk about Krishna. Uh, so... When this Brahmin saw uh, saw him, he was just he thought, "Who whose whose son is this? He's just so beautiful and and so knowledgeable." And so he and the Brahmin sat down and talked for a while. And Vishwambar he actually he convinced um, this Brahmin to cook one more time. He said, "If you don't, my father is going to be so sad." So finally, he finally convinced him to cook one more time. So so the Brahmin did. He went. And he cooked one more meal. So this time they took Nimai and they locked him in a room and they locked the door from the outside and Jagannath Mishra sat right in front of the doors. And so the ladies were in there with him and they said, there's no way he can, you know, disturb the offering this time. So, so the Brahmin sits the plate down, he starts to offer it and due to his, um, yoga nidra potency, Nimai causes everybody to go to sleep. Just like when Krishna was Leaving the prison, he, everybody was—he caused everybody to go to sleep, and so a little Nimai came came in, and so the Brahmin is offering, and he opens his eyes, and there's Nimai one one more time, you know, eating, and so the Brahmin starts to yell out, and Nimai says, you know, you don't understand that each time you've offered this, I've come, you've 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 called for me to accept this offering, and I've come to accept the offering, and then you get upset, he said. You don't understand that, uh, and then he showed this uh, Brahmin his eight-armed form, um, and then he showed him the whole room turned into Brindavan. It, there were cowherd boys there, there were gopis, there was Brindavan forest, uh, and the Brahmin was just like amazed, and he was so he just he 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 fainted, and so uh, Lord Chaitanya and Nimai touched him, and the Brahmin came back to consciousness. And uh, Nimai told him, you know, you've served me when uh, when I was uh, in the house of Nanda Maharaj. You came and I also took your offering at that time. So you've served me in so many lifetimes. Uh, he said, but um, I've shown you this form now. He said, but you cannot tell anyone else. You can't 
tell anyone what you saw here because, like we said, he's the hidden incarnation, so he didn't want anybody to know that he was actually the supreme personality of Godhead. So the Brahmin stayed there, and he would actually, every day, actually get to see uh, Lord Chaitanya uh, and, and Lord Chaitanya's pastimes. Um, so when Nimai, when he got a little older, he went to school uh, and, you know, amazed everyone with, uh, he could, you tell him something once and he, he had it. Uh, uh, and, you know, in our day, if boys get into an argument, what do they usually do? They start, you know, okay, let's, let's do the fisticuffs things, you know, let's fight. But in, in, in that time, since uh, uh, there were so many students and everything, Nimai would, um, they would get into arguments with other boys, but instead of trying to fight, they would actually have a, um, you know, like a, a debate. And whoever won the debate was actually the winner. So n- no one could defeat uh, Nimai in debate. And all his friends, they were so proud of Nimai. And so they would, after school, they would go to the Ganga. And when they would go to the Ganga, they would, uh, uh, Nimai would he would jump in the water there, and so there would be like Brahmins there chanting their gajri or whatever, and, and Nimai would he would splash water on the Brahmins, and he would do so many uh, things uh, to disturb all the different people that were there bathing in the Ganga, and so the Brahmins they came to Jagannath Mishra and they said we you know we have to you have to control your son, and they started telling him some of the things that Nimai would do like when. A Brahmin would be standing in the Ganga chanting Gayatri. Nimai would get on his shoulders and he would jump off the Brahmin's shoulders. And then he would actually steal the clothes from the men and mix them with the clothes of the women. And so he would mix up all the clothes. And then he would, uh, when someone would be, they would bathe in the Ganga. And when they would come out, Nimai would throw sand on them. Or he would spit on them, actually. And... Uh, and then they'd have to go back in the Ganga and bathe again. And so the one, one was saying, oh, he stole my, uh, my, uh, Bhagavad Gita. And the other one said, I was doing an offering and he came up and ate. So, so many things they were telling about Nimai, how, how, what a rascal he was. And, and the boys also, they were, they were going right along with Nimai. So when, and then the girls, they came to Mother Sachi and they said, uh, you've got to do something about, uh, this Nimai. He, uh, he comes up to us and he'll put these things in our hair that, that you, is like little, we used to call them cuckleburrs. It was like little things you put in the hair and they're sticky so you can't get them out of the hair. And they, the same thing, he would come up to us and he would throw sand on us or he would tell us, I want to marry you. I'm going to marry you. And, uh, so he, he would do all these things to the girls also. And so Sachi said, don't worry, we'll, we'll, we'll correct him. So Jagannath Misha, he's, he, uh, one day, Nimai's doing all these things, and uh, the men came to him and told him. And so Jagannath Mishra takes a stick, and he's going to chastise Nimai. And so uh, the boys, one, actually the girls came, and they said, uh, Nimai, Jagannath Mishra is coming right now. And so Nimai told the boys, he said, when Jagannath Mishra, my father, comes, he said, tell him that I was never here. Tell him I never came to the Ganga today. So... He runs away, and so Jagannath Mishra comes up, and he asks the boys, where is he? And he said, uh, they saw him. He, he, he stayed at school. He didn't come today. And so Jagannath Mishra is looking for him, and so a little while later, Nimai comes walking home, and he's, he got the same clothes he went, when he went to school. He, nothing, nothing was wet. His hair wasn't wet. He had, like, little ink spots on him where he was studying, and he goes up, and he gets uh, sets on Jagannath Mishra's lap, and he says, uh, 
And Jagamita said, Jagannath Mita says, uh, Nimai, why do you do these these things to these Brahmins and 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 you know do so many rascal things to these people? And he said, Father, I I uh, I didn't go to the Ganga today. I never I never went there. Look, I just studied, and. You know, it's like like a father or a mother when the son comes up to him and they're looking at him in the eye and they're just smiling and their little baby and they're saying, you know, I didn't do that, you know. So sure enough, Jagannath Mishra, he, he, he said, obviously he did these things because the Brahmins would not lie. He said, but look at Nima. He, he's not, his hair is not wet. He, you know, he, he, he doesn't look like he even went to the Ganga. So he, Jagannath Mishra started having some kind of hint that maybe maybe this Nimai is is the Supreme Lord. Maybe he is Lord Narayan. So this is uh, some of the pastimes that, uh, that Lord Chaitanya would do. Uh, and so once um, Mother Ganga, she saw that uh, she saw that Krishna would always uh, go and bathe in the Yamuna. So she. She did this tapasha. She did these austerities because she wanted uh, uh, also to have that same mercy that Krishna was giving to the Yamuna. So she performed these austerities, and then uh, Krishna, he gave her a blessing that he said in Kali Yuga, he said, Radha and Krishna are going to appear as, as Goranga Mahaprabhu, and they're going to perform this same Brajalila in Navadweep. And he said, you'll be there to assist, assist him in every way. And we know that, uh, like we said in the uh, during the eclipse, that um, the people they went and they actually bathed in the Ganga. And Lord Chaitanya and his friends, we, they would go and they would play, just like we described in the Ganga. So it says, when Lord Chaitanya, when he would go to Bengal, he said, in this age of Kali, he says, I come in two forms. He said, as wood uh, and as water. And he said, as wood, I come as who? Who does he come in as wood? Lord Jagannath, yes. And as water, I come as Mother Ganga, uh, who, he says, uh, who have come to deliver the fallen souls of sins and give love for, love for Krishna. And when Lord Chaitanya, when he would, uh, was walking, he was going to Bengal, and he said, I'm going to Bengal, Bengal for two reasons. I'm going to see my mother Sachi, and I'm going to see my mother Ganga Devi. So in this way, he blessed the, the, the Ganga, uh, and so, Mother, uh, the wife of Raghava Pandit, uh, Mother Damayanti, uh, one of the preparations that she would make every year, she would go to the Ganga and she would collect all this mud from the bottom of the Ganga. And she would dry this mud out. And after drying it, she would filter it into like a fine powder. And she would add some spices to it. And then she would add a little Ganga water and she would roll it into balls. And she would then uh, put give, put this in a bag, and she would give this bag to Lord Chaitanya, and Lord Chaitanya would eat this. He would he would as he was traveling around, he would keep this bag of these little balls of Ganga mud, and he would eat these uh, as prasadam. So, in this way, he uh, he he continually blessed uh, Mother Ganga. Uh, every year. The devotees would go to Puri because uh, Lord Chaitanya was staying in Puri. And every year they would go there. And there was this devotee named Shivananda Sain. And he would organize this large group of devotees to actually go uh, to travel to uh, Puri to uh, see Lord Chaitanya. And so he also had uh, this uh, Shivananda Sain. He had a dog. And so he would take care of this dog and he would feed this dog. And 
So once uh, he had to travel somewhere, and when he came back, he asked his servant, did you feed the dog today? And the, and the servant said, oh, no, I forgot to feed the dog. And so the Shivananda saying he was very upset because no one could find where the dog went. Uh, so everyone, he sent men out to look for this dog, and uh, no one could find him. So, so then the day came for them to cross over and go to uh, Puri to see Lord Chaitanya. So uh, when they went there... Uh, they came up on Lord Chaitanya, and Lord Chaitanya was sitting there, and there was this dog sitting right beside him. And Lord Chaitanya would throw the dog coconut pulp, and he would say, Chan Hari Krishna, and the dog would go, Hari, Hari, Hari Krishna. And so he had this dog actually chanting Hari Krishna. And Srila Prabhupada says that we can learn three things, three very important things from this uh, from this lesson of the dog. He said, first of all, the importance of associating with advanced devotees uh, by getting the association of Shivananda Sain and uh, getting the association, of course, of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Uh, this dog uh, was able to chant Hare Krishna. It says that when the dog left, he actually went back to Vaikuntha uh, uh, from getting the association of these these pure devotees. And the second thing uh, we learn from this is the power of taking prasadam. Um, because says the potency of taking prasadam is so uh, is uh, to cleanse the heart of a person uh, without even them knowing it. It says when someone takes prasadam, uh, you know they may not even know uh, that it's prasadam, uh, but still they make so much spiritual advancement just from taking prasadam, um, and it brings them actually to the mode of goodness, uh, and it, and 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 when they get to this stage of mode of goodness, they're able to actually understand transcendental knowledge. So it says that when Srila Prabhupada, when he first started uh, this Krishna consciousness movement, uh, it said he didn't really give any rules or regulations to the devotees uh, in the beginning. Uh, he just said, uh, just take prasadam and chant Hare Krishna, basically. Um, and it says a few years later, there were several devotees that were sitting around in a room with Srila Prabhupada, and Srila Prabhupada, he went around the room one by one, and he asked them, he said, so how did you come to Krishna consciousness? And it says, every one of them to the last person said, uh, through prasadam, Srila Prabhupada. And mostly it was like halava, usually it's halava that you get. So, so Prabhupada said, see, just every one of you devotees came to, came to Krishna consciousness through prasadam. And Prabhupada says, this is my secret weapon, this prasadam. So, uh, so, and then the third lesson we learn is uh, chanting the holy names. Uh, uh, you know, we know that by chanting Hare Krishna, uh, that's the Yuga Dharma for this age, and it's purifying the soul. Uh, and it's, it, he says by three, these three processes, uh, although we, they're performed without even our knowledge sometimes or education, even an animal like this dog could go back to Godhead. So these are the three things we learn from this story of this dog. Um, so, I got more pastimes, but I'll kind of skip. Um, uh, once Lord uh, Lord Chaitanya was performing uh, this amazing kirtan uh, at uh, the house of Sri Pandit, and while they were performing this kirtan, uh, all of a sudden uh, Sri Pandit heard some crying in the next room. So he went to the next room, and his wife was there, and the ladies were there, and actually his son had passed away. His son had died. And so Srivas Pandit said, 
don't disturb the kirtan. Whatever you do, even though his son had just passed away, he said, whatever you do, don't disturb Lord Chaitanya's kirtan. So the kirtan went on, and then later after the kirtan, uh, Lord Chaitanya could sense something was wrong, and he asked Sri Vaspandit, what, what's, what's wrong? What, I can, you know, I, I can see that some, some of the ladies are sad. And he said, oh, there's nothing wrong. He said, let's just do kirtan. And then Lord Chaitanya found out that actually Sri Vaspandit's son had passed away. And so he thought, what, you know, how indebted he was to Sri Vaspandit that even though his son had passed away, he didn't want to disturb Lord Chaitanya and disturb the kirtan. Uh, so Lord Chaitanya, he, he, uh, actually started to cry and he went into where the son was and he said, um, he told the son to wake up. And the boy did. He, he raised up and he said, uh, why have you left? And so the boy explained that, uh, you know, I, I, I do whatever you want, Lord. Uh, it's time for me to, uh, uh, you know, I've had so many mothers, so many fathers, so it's time for me to uh, to take another birth somewhere else. So he explained all this. Uh, and uh, so Lord Chaitanya gave him his blessings. And uh, the boy, he said, you, you can go now. So the boy actually passed away again. And Lord Chaitanya performed the, the rites for this boy. But he was so impressed because of the unconditional love that uh, uh, that Srivast Pandit had for him that he wouldn't even disturb the kirtan, even though his son had passed away. So I got more stories, but we'll we'll end here. Uh, so so today and and especially today and every day, we should pray to Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda to try to get their mercy. Because without their mercy, uh, we can't attain the real goal of life, uh, which is what? It's to reawaken our love for God, our love for Krishna. And there's a prayer we sing uh, when we offer the food, Namo Mahabhananya, Krishna Prema Pradayate, Krishnaya, Krishna Chaitanya, Namane Guru Tvishe Namaha. And the meaning of this, this prayer is, I offer my respectful obeisances unto the Supreme Lord, Sri Krishna Chaitanya, who is more magnanimous than any other avatar even Krishna himself, because he is bestowing freely what no one else has ever given, pure love of Krishna. He's given us the pure love of Krishna through this Maha Mantra. So we should um, try to remember, uh, think of Lord Chaitanya and these pastimes throughout the day. Uh, the schedule for today is the rest of the day we'll be we're doing readings. Uh, and then at 5.30 there's Kirtan. And then at 6 o'clock, there's uh, Abhishek. And then at 6.30, there's a class. And then at 7 o'clock, we'll uh, do Parikram like we usually do around the block uh, with Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda. Uh, we're doing the Parikram. And then after that, we'll have a feast. Uh, so thank everyone for coming again today. And um, please uh, try to do extra reading, extra chanting, uh, and thinking of... Um, of Lord Chaitanya in these pastimes, and uh, um, and then we'll all come together um, later on this evening. So thank you very much, Jai. Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu ki Jai, Gaur Prabhu ki Jai. Oh, anyone have any questions? I'm sorry. Yeah, please. Yeah. I was uh, wondering why um, God would be a bad boy. You know, like the. Uh, so we Krishna can says in Bhagavad Gita that the uh, whatever a great person does, common men follow. And you mentioned some of Lord Chaitanya's mischief. Um, yeah, we know that. Babu.
Chaitanya also would come to the Brahmins while they were chanting their Gayatri, and from underneath he would grab their legs and pull them under. <laughs> and then they, he would uh, urinate in their food. And then he would lock people inside their houses from the outside so that they couldn't get out. Um, this seems like a, a lot of juvenile delinquency. Why would um, Lord God perform like that? Yeah. I mean, uh, it, it's so we can remember his pastimes, you know. I mean, he's, a, uh, you know, he's the Lord. No, there, he has no rules or regulations for the Lord, you know. So uh, by these pastimes, we can remember he's, you know, it's just like we just celebrated uh, Madhavendra Puri's, uh, you know, and uh, uh, what did Krishna, you know, Krishna stole the cure for him, you know. Uh, uh, so... I mean, my answer, I guess, would be that it's just so we can remember these pastimes and uh, and remember the Lord, you know. Uh, uh, he's the uh, butter thief. Uh, so uh, anyone else have any uh, comments on why Krishna was such a rascal or Lord Chaitanya was such a rascal? What do you think, Mishrabu? Why? What would be your answer? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's uh, he's the Lord, you know, and and even when he did these things, uh, these when uh, Lord uh, when he, they went to Jagannath Mishra, all these Brahmins, and uh, and he would say, "I'm going to punish him." They'd say, "No, no, no. These uh, we 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 actually like him doing these things. Uh, uh, we like him having these pastimes with us." Uh, so they weren't, you know. They weren't offended at all by this. Uh, they enjoyed the fact that Lord Chaitanya was, uh, you know, pulling their legs under the water and doing all these things. Uh, and they even told Jagannath Mishra, you know, they didn't want him to punish Lord Chaitanya because these were wonderful pastimes that they were able to be, uh, you know, be involved with Lord Chaitanya. So yes, I think that's why. Yeah. He performed only when he was a child and not later on in his life. So maybe to show that as a child, he is like a child. He is, he performs childlike pastimes. He's not like the, the, the common perception of the God, you know, always uh, the same. So, you know, as, as, as a child, he performed childlike pastimes and as an adult, he showed. Yeah. Children are naturally naughty. <laughs> to add the point on this, uh, like any child's innocent activities are forgiven. So, I mean, it's not like, I mean, whatever a child does, it's not like he's chastised very right. much for that. So Yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah. You know, children do some naughty things sometimes, but, uh, you know, uh, we just know that they're, it's, they're, they're a child. And uh, so, yeah. Wonderful pastimes. And it's so far out how he, you know, he was so much, did so much like the, the, what Krishna did during his pastimes, you know. So. Yeah, and also, like, doing these childlike pastimes, he was able to reciprocate with all, like, Brahmas Exactly, and all. yeah, and they loved it. Yeah, it was. Anyone else, ladies? Anybody have a question or comment? Okay, thank you. Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Ki Jai.